Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Crises precipitate change. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we just started episode uh, 62. 66. <laughs> 66. 666. Uh, all right, so so because of random technical love, God knows, I don't know, I think it's Dylan's phone. That's making the... Yeah, we can hear you. There's just a little bit of hissing noise on our side. It sounds like you're in a dryer. But that's okay. People will uh. deal with it. Um, so... So we decided because people uh, really want to hear about security stuff that we would have some guests on that actually knew stuff about security instead of us who just kind of bullshit and talk about strippers the whole time. Um, so what we did was uh, give a call up, and we have uh, on the phone right now uh, Rick Moy from NSS Labs. We also have Dylan Bedsford and Brian. Brian, what's your last name? I'm sorry. It's uh, Brian Michael. Haha, Brian Michael. See, I, I, I'm retarded. I just can't pronounce names. Um, what's going on, guys? Hi. Hello. Rock and roll. Pretty busy. Pretty busy over here at NSS. So, so. I, I can imagine. Um, you know, one of the one of the things we really wanted to talk about is is some of the stuff that you guys are doing over there is is starting to make uh, make some some pretty big waves in the news. And uh, just in case anyone hasn't heard about the giant testing monster that NSS is. What do you guys do on a daily basis? So, so this is Rick. Uh, what we really do on a, on a daily basis is make sure that we're in touch with uh, the threat landscape, which is you know kind of the, the fancy marketing word for you know all the bad stuff that's happening, whether it's phishing, malware, exploits. Um, you know, we keep our pulse on that. Folks like Brian and and Dylan. Um, are you know our security analysts, and they really, um, you know, take these things, analyze them, and uh, run them against the dozens of different security products in our in our lab. Uh, whether it's you know, network firewalls, IPS, UTMs, or um, you know endpoint security products like AV, uh, and we basically test stuff, you know, round the clock to see which products stop which attacks and. Um, yeah, you know, so that's so that's the, the the fun part for the guys in the lab, and then from a business perspective, we um, think of us like a a research analyst firm. We uh, we sell that information to clients who want to know the truth, right, right? About what's working, what's not. Where are the holes in uh, in our security defense systems, so that we can plug them, patch them, and uh, you know generally protect our data and our and our users. You know, I. So, 
One of the, the things that I've always been impressed with with you guys is just kind of the general reality of the results. Um, I, I often find that... Oh, what the hell? It sounds like there's a tidal wave. <laughs> sounds like a jet engine. Can you guys hear that? It's, it's, it's the tsunami. Right? Dude, they're just like... <laughs> so... It's like, it's like when Eddie uh, decided he was going to call in from the side of the mountain. Yeah. Um, well, no, uh, one of the things that really impressed me about you guys is, is just the reality of the results, right? Um, I, I, I tend to lean towards your opinion of the product more than I see the product marketing that every single product stops OD, which obviously works because no one gets hacked anymore. Um, and, you know, <laughs> all of these other really great, wonderful buzzword BS stops APT. APT. That's my favorite. Whatever my the new hell favorite. new cool buzzword that's out there protects your cloud or or does something else that's completely a lie. I mean, um, I, I, I know that case in point, you know, I, I thought there was a vendor that was ridiculously big and had a really, really big reputation, but you guys gave them a 17% in reality. And that was one of those kind of wake-up calls for me that... Um, you know, I've I've always known that in testing labs that we've run in, you know, professional environments like when we were at Sprint and things like that, that product marketing was bullshit. But you guys put it completely underground, and uh, and and how does that work? How how does that come back to you guys? I mean, when when you do stuff like that and you have those kind of empirical results, um, I, I know that your T-shirt at Black Hat was, you know, that that kind of shell and saying you can't argue with it. I mean, how how does that come back to you guys once those test results get out? Yeah, how does it come back to us? Well, you know, we we have um, there's different audiences, right? So um, obviously, some of the some of the vendors are um, who don't score well, or um, they're they're either upset or. Uh, thanking us because now they can get budget from management to actually fix the problems that they knew were there all along. Nice. So how, uh, really the, quickly the enterprises though, how- that read our stuff are, you know, obviously respecting that and um, it tends to be the larger enterprises um, and they use it tactically to um, to make some key decisions on, on what they buy or renew. Sure. So. Well, overall, do you think or, or do you see that people are more receptive or more willing to call and cry? Um, it, it really depends on the culture. Are you talking about the vendors? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ones, the ones that you go, hey, you got a 17%, deal with it. Uh, you know, it, 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 in any organization like that, you're going to have different people and personalities and technical understanding. Um, so it's hard. I don't want to say this vendor sucks or you know these, this whole vendor is it's know, all right it's our job to do that kind of ask you know fucking suck the problem hey guys this is dylan the, the problem is and i think rick will agree with me on this is that we still have vendors out there who don't even know the difference between a payload an exploit a vuln they still refer to everything as malware right i mean this is fucking 2010 right they're still taking a reactive approach to to exploits right they're looking at payloads instead of looking at the bone right yep. they don't Absolutely. understand the triggering mechanism Absolutely. i mean this is what we're dealing with here these guys i mean this is the way that i feel about it right i keep it pretty simple they're fucking selling snake oil to mom and dad right <laughs> they'll buy into this we're not going to buy into it we verify the data here in the lab but mom and dad they don't know the difference right these guys are driving around in maseratis and ferraris they're going to do everything they can to keep that 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 lifestyle right Right. Even if it means being dishonest. And it's not every vendor, but a good majority of, of AV vendors are selling snake oil. Well, and I That's can, the way that I feel about it. No, and I, I you know, and I, in my experience, I, I think you're totally right, man. You know, like, I don't know how many times when we were back in the day and they said, oh, you know, we can do a gig throughput. No, you can't. Like, I, I put you behind analysis. The best you could do was 500 meg before the box heated up and turned off. Like, don't. Don't tell me you could do a gig. Well, it's with 1,500 MTU packets in a controlled environment when it's one host to one host. Like, really? Like, oh, yeah, that's how yeah. my network works, you know? And uh, yeah. and, and I think yeah. it's really excellent that, that there's an organization like yours out there that's that's giving the facts, right? It, it has nothing to do with opinion. It has nothing to do with, 
you know, in the best case scenario, it's it's more about here's what's going on. You know, Rick, as you said, here's the threat landscape today, and how do you how do you face and how does your product rate and rank against reality? Um, and that's what I've always seen you guys as is kind of that reality marker. Cool. Well, it, it yeah. Well, somebody's got to bring the uh, the transparency. I, uh, I I I for one believe that the bad guys aren't playing by our rules, right? Mm-hmm. They don't care about the feds. They don't care about laws. They don't care about treaties, right? They're going to use whatever they can to compromise your data and exfiltrate the information. I always say everyone is an expert at the end of the day after something really, really bad has happened. You look at Aurora, right? Everyone had a solution 24 hours after the fact <laughs> that something bad had happened. <laughs> right. and you know what? The funny thing was, guys, is when we tested those products, they still weren't fucking blocking the exploit from triggering the vault. Right. We were still able to get code execution, and they were whining, oh, well, that's calc. Okay, well, we'll use Meterpreter. Same result. <laughs> I mean, these right. guys were focused on, on the malware, as they put it, right? Right. That's the way that they define this stuff. And, and really, we need to educate them and, and explain to them that there's a, there's a difference between malware, right, and exploits. Right. It's not the same thing. Well, well so, so where do you think that miscommunication comes, in, comes into play? Do you think it's the executive or the vendor who reads a article in a trade rag and goes down to his science guys and starts going, hey, I need you to research and develop some product that stops, you know, malware? Or, or is it somewhere in the in the in the marketing area, or is it somewhere in the in the R and D area where those guys themselves don't even know the difference between malware and 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 the vulnerability and whatnot? Yeah, here comes the tidal wave. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I, I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's all three of those. Right? <laughs> Just go right it's by. It's an issue it. with marketing. It's an issue with marketing. It's an issue with R and D, and it's an issue with the VPs. Right? They they have a secret. <clears throat> and they want to keep it a secret, and they don't like transparency. <laughs> and that's one of the things I really respect work. about Rick Moy and working here at NSS Labs is that we really are transparent. The vendors can pick up the phone anytime they want, and they can call. You know, right. everything we have in our lab is open to the vendors if they want to come in. Um, it, it's up to them. The choice is theirs. Yep, and and I, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I think it's awesome that 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 venue's there because I think it needs to be there. And I think it keeps, you know, it kind of keeps the rest of the industry honest. Because um, I think there's, you know, like you said, right, there's there's a lot of people out there trying to make money. And there's not a lot of people out there with, you know, my mom's credit card in mind. You know, unless they're charging it. I have your mom's credit card. <laughs> well, I, I understand you have my mom's credit card. But still, it's, you know, it's it, it, they're, they're not looking at the common people. They're looking at how many boxes can I push out there? How many quotas can I meet? And how much cool marketing stuff can I do? So they go out and they grab a couple really good researchers and they go, all right, you go speak at the conferences and you be our face. And then we'll go in the back end and we'll do the same exact thing we've been doing for 10 years. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like that guy has got a master's. He must know what he's talking about. I've mean, yeah. had guys that, that are pretty high up making six figures and they've never even written an exploit. Like, no, they're, but yet they're they're, they're a pro- yeah yet they're a product lead right on some IPS device or they're working on hits R and D and they haven't even published anything. I'm like, you know, show me something that you put out there yeah, in the open. They're basically you know? purely academic and 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 old academic at that because the schools aren't even teaching the most modern stuff by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I uh, I definitely appreciate the students. Um, what I what I don't appreciate is the fact that the students aren't really being treated fairly uh, at the universities. They're pushing for this. They, they want to learn this. And for whatever reason, the coordinators there at the universities, they, they won't integrate this uh, into their, into their, um, their material uh, right. because they, they see it. It's the perception, and it's the negative connotations on, on hacker, the term hacker, or, or hacking. Um, they, there's a negative connotation that comes with that. So they're really afraid to uh, put that into the material. That's what I think you, the problem is. You know, I, I agree because I think it's much like kind of that academic world of martial arts. You know, nobody goes up to the guy doing Tai Chi in the park and punches him in the face and goes, fight. <laughs> Absolutely. Come on, get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know what, Chris? Um, you know, I, I, mean, remember, I remember sitting in my mom's living room testing AV products before I came to work here. This was this was a few years ago. And I, I watched a program on YouTube. It was actually you. And you were breaking into a dealership. And you were like, fuck that. I'm not going to take one car. I'm taking all the cars. <laughs> oh, here <laughs> that's remembers the TV how, show. That's our approach to, to the vendors, right? 
right. we're going to use everything we have in our arsenal, right, to, to show them, right, where the weakness is in their posture, their security posture. I mean, if they don't know, they're not going to fix it. Right. And, and that's that's kind of the approach we take here in the lab. Uh, that's awesome. So, so is it fair? Exactly what the bad guys are doing, right? So the guys who are trying to break into our systems, they've only got to find one opening, right? So, yeah. you know, if we're not our perception, if we're not testing like the bad guys, then what's the point? Yeah. It's, you know, you know if all the EV products out there, they're all certified. <laughs> if we either got you know ICSA or West Coast or VB. I mean, almost all of them are certified. But, you know, if you look at, you know, what we're finding, some of them are catching as little as, you know, 20-something percent right. of, of the, of the zero-day malware. I'm talking malware, not even exploits. And, um, you know, it's just, there's a huge range. So mm -hmm. if they're all certified, what is that, but you're seeing that kind of real-world results out of our lab, what does it mean? Yeah. Well, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. But and, well, and I think that that's that that's that same thing that proves that we have this lemon market where people buy based on indicators, and all the indicators are pretty much bullshit. Well, based on name, price, and slick. Yeah, you know, like how, how dope is your marketing stuff? Does, does it have you know? a blue light on the box? Yeah, yeah. And how cool does it look in the rack? Um, so yeah, we got to move past that. I yeah. think, I want to make another comment. We, you know, we've been working. You know, NSS has been around since '91. Yeah. Um, and we have, you know, a couple different constituents of products that we work with. And, you know, when you talk about why is it that you know, there's different perceptions or, you know, there, there's definitely a difference in the AV space versus the I, network IPS space. Um, you know, we wouldn't have, we didn't have to come up with, um, with a lot of explanation for the IPS vendors. And we said, yeah, this exploit got past your box. They got it, right? Right. Because... We've shown them Shell. We've shown them the you know the exploits. I mean, they, there's a lot more I think maturity in terms of understanding what exploits are in that space. Um, whereas in the in the malware space, historically, if you go back 20 years, I mean, the folks that are at the AV companies doing the research, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, you know, the primary concern was was viruses and maybe Trojans and you know file-based threats. Well. It's that's kind of the mindset that, that that they're in, and you know the exploit stuff is relatively new for them from a experience and research perspective. So there's definitely different mindsets that you know, I think that they there are some vendors who've actually gone out and acquired IPS technologies, um, and they have network IPS as well as endpoint uh, AV, and we see in those groups they tend to have more dynamic conversations and, and more ability to. I guess interface with us on these issues, uh -huh. whereas some of the guys who are just making AV um, tend to, to squirm and, and push back and say, "Well, you know, maybe your sample set was biased," um, which is kind of a laughable, a laughable thing to state because it only takes one to get through. So, right, not sure what they're really trying to say with that. Well, it sounds it sounds like basically the overall most of the AV companies just haven't haven't evolved with with the threat. Landscape, they just evolved with the acronyms, right? Like, like I have a new acronym out there, and then my AV company goes, "Oh yeah, we do." do that. Tell the marketing team to put that shit on our slick because <laughs> it will sell more copies. <laughs> and they do, oh, yeah, they and do. they just add that shit on there like haphazardly. They're just like, "We're Pernex uh, denial of service" because that's like a big deal right now. It's in the news. Like Jimmy, put that shit on the slick, and they're like, they make a cool graphic for it, and they like add it as a line item. Well, I, I'm kind of curious, actually, how many vendors, when when they make a new product and they, they start creating those marketing slicks, mm -hmm. how many of them do you think actually, before they release those slicks, go back to the guys who actually developed the box and say, read this, does it really do that? <laughs> yeah, well, somewhere near zero. Yeah. <laughs> you can't let the facts get in the way of a good story, right? That's right. Right. Isn't it, isn't it Fox News, right? <laughs> part, of the, part of the issue is that it's kind of an echo chamber in the AV community where they've been working with, with testing products in a certain way for so long that it's kind of like a, they're addicted to that, that crack. They're like, word, run ICAR against it again. Blocks it? Fuck yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ICAR or the wild, or the wild list, right? <laughs> right? I mean... Yeah. Funny, there's a lot of there's actually you know I've had conversations with the marketing folks at vendors, um, who, you know, are like 
marketing research and, and whatnot who have not really understood what's in the wild list and how it's constructed. Um, you know, I, gave, I gave a speech to a bunch of industry analysts, um, you know, the, all the big names you would know about, and um, you know, I explained to them, here's how the wild list is created, and uh, here's you know, two, two researchers you know, who generally work at AV firms swap samples, and they all agree, and by the time they do that, 60 days later, you've got you know, 800, 800 samples, and they're really you know, probably 50 to 100 root, root families and with variants, and then they run the test. Well, they, sounds really you know, dirty, actually, swapping samples. They swap samples, and then one of them has AIDS, and the other one continues to go along in the market because they only have HIV. Um, what, yeah, what, that's, that's, that's what happens is we do it, which is we start with no samples, and we go out on the Internet, and we find, find suspicious files. And you, and, and you produce your samples onto everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. No, so, but So do vendors bring these devices to you or these, soft, these software things to you? Or do you guys actually have to go out and buy them? Um, well, it depends, in, in the, uh, again, in the space. Yes. In, the, in the IPS space, uh, most of the vendors are cooperative and they, they bring their products to us. Um, and, you know, we'll also help them out, right? Do a test privately for them, show them, show them the stuff we found, and they can go and fix it. Right. Um, in, the, in the endpoint security space, uh, some of the vendors uh, cooperate. Others, we have to go out and buy the products. And in some cases, we have large, large enterprises that say, "Hey, I want to know how product X compares to, you know, the other, the other top ten, and they'll they'll send us the product, and right. to, to do a private test or add into our um, into our group test. So it's, you know, any which way, we'll take the product, and we'll always invite the vendor to come and configure it, regardless if they're. I mean, even when, um, you know. Even when vendors, you know, refuse to send us a product, we still extend the invitation because we don't want there to be any, um, you know, perception that it was a, a hatchet job or anything like that. Right, right. You don't, you, you don't need to have the, uh, it's their fault they screwed up the config, typical blame right. game. Right. Uh, you know, so, so you guys do all this like great real testing of these products, and you know, you you have the ability to to execute on all these things. You know, where's where's that going? What's what's that what's that coming into? I mean, you got you talked a little bit, and, I'll, and Rick, I'll put I'll put you on the spot, right? And we'll talk about Dylan like he's not on the phone, and Brian like he's not on the phone. Um, where do you where do you see this as far as you know? I, I see these two kind of disparate areas of research, right? I see the academic researchers who write all sorts of white papers and tell you about this cool vulnerability. And then I see people like Dylan and Brian who I consider professional academic attackers, right? So, so like, they're the ones who go punch people all day long. Nice buzzword. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, right, it'll get used in some marketing shit later, right? But, but you know, the, the general, uh, the academic guys, the academic researcher guys, they, they never actually go out and test these things really in the wild. They have these like hyper-controlled environments and what you guys are doing is really doing this real-world testing. I mean, what has to happen to try and bring more of that into, you know, into society or into reality, I guess? Well, I'm feeling philosophical here. (laughs) Good. Well, you know, we need to cross our legs and say, um... Um, I think I think we need to kick some bad habits. We as a as a society, um, mm-hmm. you know, we as consumers, you know, whether it's you know what we buy and put on our mom's PC, or whether it's us as IT people who are, you know, buying it and deploying it across ten thousand desktops, uh, we need to really understand that there there is no there is no perfect product. Um, there is no perfect defense, but if you're going to spend the money, you might as well spend the time and do some research and get the better product and de- design design a defense in depth architecture, right? I mean, we, we talk about it, but, you know, we really need to look at it from a more scientific perspective, like you said. Um, and, and the habit that we need to kick is the lazy one of saying, oh, well, you know, what's the safe bet and what can I get for the least amount of money? Okay, well, let me look for a product that's certified or got this, you know, this yellow or blue ribbon on it, and um, and just move on because I got fifty other things to do. 
So, you know, I think we need to really try and make some harder harder decisions, mm-hmm. ask ourselves some harder questions. Is this really is this really it? Right? And um, it's understandable where folks can't do their own testing, but you know, I think we need to become more discerning as um, as buyers. You know, how is that test actually done? Is it is it really um, is it really representative? And do I want something that do I want it? You know, a test that's you know been been paid for and, and organized by a vendor, or do I want to you know see the results of <clears throat> the you know the gloves off uh, cage match version of the test that was done independently? Right. And that's that's where you know folks like you know Dylan and Brian and the other folks in our lab that are that are professional hackers that they they approach it with a discipline. And so, you know, think of us like hackers with a QA discipline to it, right? And that's not always, that's kind of like oil and water in some cases, right? Because the folks with the, you know, the genius, the hacker genius, and how do I break into this, you know, which are, is what the, you know, the cyber criminals are doing, um, they don't always have the discipline to go methodically through all the different permutations of a test plan to see what are all the different ways we can get into it. You know, they might be satisfied just to find, you know, one one version of the Aurora. Right. Right. Uh, you know, what would but we're looking for folks in our lab that actually drive to the next level and say, hey, let me try and see if there are other memory locations I can land on. That, that will that will give me shell in this box. You know and, how far can I go? Yeah, and I th- I think I got I got a good dose of that from Dylan when he was speaking at B sides, and and that's what you know proves it to me. Right, is being able, Dylan, to like watch you in that talk talk about those same types of, you know how to go beyond, well, this is how someone would normally do it, and there's 15 other ways, and why didn't they test this, and. And so, so I want to know how how can we bring that from the, you know, why I call kind of academic attacker, right? The like I'm going to try everything, but I'm an attacker, into the the sort of research world that that isn't as academic as you guys. That that really kind of says, oh well, it's good right now. You know, it's oh well, I tested it, and we could put it on the marketing slick that it stops it this one way. So that means it stops it a hundred times, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Uh- yeah, pain is a great motivator. Uh, when the pain of holding on becomes stronger than the pain of letting go, you will let go. Um, and I think that that if we cause them enough pain, they'll be forced to change uh, the the way their perception is on on exploits, on vulnerabilities, on payloads, and how they work. Uh, the technology is flawed. It is fucking broken. And I mean, I gotta tell you, I live this. Rick lives this. You guys live this. You know, what's important here is that we cause them pain so that they will spend the money to invest in a new technology or fund a startup, right? Uh, Some guy who just got out of college, right, who doesn't want to be an academic anymore. He wants to productize something, a solution, right? Cough up some money. You guys have the money. Spend the money, right? Invest. These guys, they're, they're takers. They want to take. They never want to give back. And that's the problem here. I mean, I'm sitting here... You know, it, it's Thursday, right? It's late. I'd rather be out drinking a beer, but I'm not. I'm here in the lab, and I'm testing some consumer products, and I'm looking at stuff from 2006, right, getting through these products. And I'm asking myself, how in the fuck can they sell this, right? They're, they're, it's false advertisement. They're lying to people. Right. You know, I, uh, it, it really bothers me, man. It keeps me up at night sometimes when I think about it. Because it's like if, if you sold me a car, Chris, and the car had no engine, I'd come back and be like, hey, Chris, there's no engine here, right? And that's essentially what some of these vendors are doing. Not all of them, but a good majority of them are. And I think that it's important that we keep causing them pain. That's the only way they're going to fix the problem. So, so, so how do you think we can, we can start causing pain, so to speak? I mean, what do you, what do you the, think the best way to do that would be? The exploit hub is, is the start. Right, that that's a very good start. Getting people to participate, and and if they're getting paid for the research they're doing, uh, and the code that they're writing, uh, and they're submitting it, people are buying this. Uh, the vendors will be pretty much caught uh, uh, between a rock and a hard place. Uh, the idea really is to is to trap them, right, and and get them to come out and publicly admit 
as a whole, right? I don't know if you do this through AMSO or, or some sort of open forum, but get them to come out and, and admit that their product is flawed, the technology is flawed, and that they are going to work together to fix it. And they need to interface with pen testers. They need to interface with people who are responsibly disclosing vulnerabilities. Um, they need to interface with other vendors. They need to interface with the enterprise. Instead of trying to sell somebody something, maybe they should pick up the phone and give these guys a call and say, when was the last time you had somebody independently verify that our products are actually working or installed correctly? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I always hear excuses from these guys. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think that, that that's, that's a perfect, you know, kind of segue into that. In the event that this, you know, let's, let's just talk about Exploit Hub a little bit. Because uh, I talked to Kelly today for a second, and and I think that not only do you have the ability through Exploit Hub to, you know, execute some of that, you know, visualization of what's going on to the vendors, but I think you do to the pen testing world. I think you do to the automated exploitation framework world. I think I think there's actually a lot of different worlds you're going to touch with that. So, Rick, tell me a little bit about what Exploit Hub is and what and what the purpose of it is. Sure. So, so exploit hub, first of all, is is our is our answer. It's a, we think it's a community answer that we're pushing forward to the problem of the gap between the the large number of vulnerabilities that are out there and our ability to actually test to see if those our defenses to see if those vulnerabilities uh, have been protected either through a patch or uh, virtual patching and security products. So. You know, there's 15,000 uh, CVSS7 and higher uh, vulnerabilities that have been published uh, on MITRE in the last uh, five years, since 2005. And the, the current the current tool sets out there that are available uh, you know, address about 1,000 of those. So you're looking at less than 10% coverage. So um, you know, pen testers, if they don't have anything in their back pocket or don't roll their own on the spot, you know they're they're basically at a disadvantage. They're able to, to do a, a fractional job on on their um, on their clients. Sure. And Chris, you guys have, have got a lot of your own stuff, right? You know, good pen testers, you know, can uh, can also write their own exploits. And what we found was there's a lot of those uh, very talented security researchers that are able to um, to develop things. And you know there might be a guy in Texas who's really good at, at Oracle stuff, and another guy in Germany uh, who's uh, who's really got the Adobe Flash and, and PDF Reader stuff um, dialed in and understands that really well. Right. Um, so people have their specialties, and so what we're doing is creating a marketplace for those talented individuals to take the product of their work and contribute it back uh, and make it available to other pen testers. And so. Um, you know, these pen testers, I'm using the term generically, it can be, you know, folks like you who go on assignment for enterprises to, to probe the defenses. They can be um, the red teams working in, internally. They can be security researchers uh, or at security vendors who are, are you know, QAing their, their own products before they ship them. Um, so it's, it's really, you know, a broad set of legitimate users who need access to exploits to see if their products really stop them. So, is this would it be fair to say this is going to end up the same business model as kind of like uh, maybe an iTunes or something like that, except for exploits? Yeah, it, it, absolutely. It's it's a it's a marketplace. Uh, you know, we joke that it's the uh, uh, the app store for exploits. <laughs> Isploit. <laughs> I, oh, I actually can that phrase. Uh, that, that, that's mine. <laughs> Damn it! I was going to trademark that for you. He's all trademark, bitch. What up? Yeah. <laughs> Well, also, too, Rick, think about how many jobs we're going to create here. Uh, if the vendors are smart, they will look at the author of, of an exploit and say, hey, maybe we need to reach out to that guy and offer him a job. Um, because what I found is a lot of the vendors aren't really hiring quality people. Like Chris was saying, they're looking at a resume and, and looking at four years of college, right, and offering someone a job and putting them in that security role uh, without that individual having any real experience uh, writing exploits. So I, I think that there are a lot of benefits to this hub, right? One of them being job creation. Right. But yeah. That's a great point. And, and, and to that, I mean, when we were at DEF CON and, and B-Sides talking about this, um, 
you know, a lot of the researchers told told me, hey, yeah, I do this part time at night after my day job, and um, on the weekends. So they're doing it as a hobby a lot of times. Yeah. And not everybody is a pen test, you know, who's writing is a pen tester during the day. Some mm-hmm. some folks have jobs that, you know, just as IT guys. Um, I shouldn't say just as IT guys, but it's not necessarily with a security focus. Right. So there's an opportunity here to help these folks convert what's a hobby that they're really talented at into a profession. And, yep. you know, there's, there's absolutely a need for it. You know, the, the government's called for, you know, 1,000 or 1,500 new security employees. Well, we need, we need to take these folks who have, have these skills and enable them to, you know, to really, you know, run with it. Right. You know, so I I had the the conversation with uh, Kelly at Dark Reading today and, and through that conversation, you know, like many times when you're talking to somebody, you kind of have those like epiphanies on the fly. Um, I had a whole bunch of them, which is one of the things that I really, really, you know, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you guys, because because I think there's so many benefits that really aren't tracked. Um, you know, number one. I mean, and, and not in any specific order, but just as I'm thinking about them, you know, what about the testing market out there? And, and I don't know how many times I've said this, the, the testers that suck, the, the 90% of the security community that sucks at testing, you know, how, how much better are they going to now be when they can, instead of, you know, us who we have the ability to turn things into modules, we have the ability to trigger, we have the ability to, you know, go through and find things on the fly in the client, whereas, you know, uh, fortunately or not, you know, the your average KPMGer who used to be in tax and who's now in ERM and, you know, doesn't have any idea what exploitation actually means, and they hand them a copy of Metasploit, and they show them Unleashed, and they go, learn this because you're a pen tester now, um, you know, h- how much better is their testing going to get, you know, they're, they're now going to actually be able to go through... And, you know, they're going to see something on Millworm, and it's going to be in fucking C, and they're going to go, I don't know how to do that. Screw it. You're not vulnerable to it. <laughs> right? Because that's what happens. I mean, these guys look through, and they're like, uh, I looked for an exploit, and I typed in the exploit name in Google, and I copy and pasted my Nessus shit, and I didn't find anything. So uh, they're good. Or, or it's still red, so they should fix it, but it's not going to cause any impact. I mean, I think that just by releasing what you guys are talking about, you're going to take that you know, what I consider kind of the 90% out there and raise the bar and make them actually better testers, which means overall, you're going to raise the quality of testing across the vast majority of the security community. That's, that's certainly a goal. I mean, this is, you're right. This isn't, this, this isn't a small problem, right? It, you know, if, if we say our, our mission is to you know, make the world a little bit safer, it's not just one company or, you know, one pen tester who's going to, you know, Make make a dent. This has to be uh, a movement, and we have to raise the bar. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's that's absolutely true. And it's an opportunity to educate folks as well. If they have a resource, um, that's another thing that we're going to uh, make available through Exploit Hub is is some training. What does this mean? You know, why why is it delivered in this way? What are some ways that you could use this? And uh, you know the Metasploit guys have have some great training. They're they're a great crew over there, and um, you know we plan on leveraging that and uh, you know making this really usable security. So it's a, it's a discussion forum as well. Right, and you know, so so there's that as a benefit, right? That that kind of generic pushing of the security community as a whole that may not be as talented as the small group of people that that are talented to go through and i I can't say i'm part of a small group of people i'm just probably the generic but you know the 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 groups of people that really are good um you know are going to have more competition and to me i think that's great because i think competition drives innovation you know i think that's going to cause the people who are good to step up their game and it's not a reason for them to bitch about, oh, God, I can't believe they're releasing this. And, you know, now they're even in the playing field. Um, I think if that's their answer, they need to lump themselves back in the 90% and shut it. Well, yeah, like you, like you said. You no, know, now even now even KPMG can hack like we can. You know? I know, right? You know, like, well, get over it. Uh, you know, stamp your skills up. Get down. But, but otherwise, you know, I, I, I think that you have that piece. You also have uh, an interesting piece that I was thinking about today 
with some of the automated exploitation frameworks, right? So you have the, uh, what is it, rapid metasploit or whatever the hell it's called, or meta meta rapid or meta rapid light. Meta Express. Meta, Meta Express. It's, it's Meta Express. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> damn thing. It's all point and click shit, right? You mean the free core? Yeah, free core. Um, so you have that. You have core. You have Canvas, right? You have all of these companies that have what I consider a monopoly on the automated testing market. And I think that the release of something like this is going to finally light a fire under their ass to go hmm, maybe we should actually put some money into our development teams and not wait, you know, three months to put this exploit out that our clients need to be tested against. Um, what, what do you think that Exploit Hub's going to do to that market? Well, you know, capitalism kind of works, right? <laughs> what, we've seen, what we've seen is that tears down walls, whether it's, uh, you know, in Asia or, you know, in, in, uh, in Germany. Uh, in, in Europe, and you know, folks, folks who have a passion for something, and now if they have an opportunity to, you know, not only tell the world but help fund their hobby, um, I think that's going to produce a lot more content. I think it, it will also, like you said, raise raise the bar. You know, the private companies are you know, that you mentioned that are, they have these tools. That, you know, they've they've got a place in here as well. This isn't um, this isn't a zero sum game. Right. There's plenty of work for everybody. Absolutely. And like I said. There's fifteen thousand, you know. That's just se- seven and higher, right? Right. Up till now, and you know, and every day that that counter increases. So, um, it's absolutely not a zero sum game. Everybody's going to play a role, and um, I, you know, I, I'd like to see collaboration as well. Yeah, and and I and I think that that's, it's it's cool that that you know I think is one of the byproducts of that. It's going to start pushing some of that industry because. You know, really where I see that industry is more as part of a vulnerability management program and being able to feed those scanners and take the scanners and feed it into the validation frameworks and, not, and you know, be able to do some headless validation so that they can prioritize what patches to install first. And I think that the more exploits that they have that they can actually confirm, the, the better the overall patch management, vulnerability management process gets. So... I, I see that as one of those pieces where, where I really think that you guys are going to drive that you know, industry to, to step their game up and, and really provide even better service than they provide today to their customers. Um, you know, and, and kind of working off that same idea, you, know, you now have it go back. Oh, hello? Did we just lose both of them? Uh, I'm here. Oh. Hello, guys. Did you just get eaten by the tidal wave? <laughs> the jet engine sucked yeah. in. I swear one of you guys is at the beach with a martini. <laughs> Sounds yep. like wave crashing. One thing I would like to see in terms of uh, uh, people stepping up their game is you know companies like Core um, and Canvas. Um, I've, I've, I've got to say, uh, I, uh, I know HD pretty well, and uh, he's one of the most humble, modest people I've ever met in my life. And um, I know that he truly lives this, and he cares about the Metasploit project. Um, they are limited by the amount of resources they have, but, but what they've done in the last year has been amazing. Oh, um, I agree. I agree I think, all the way. And I, yeah, and I think that what I'd like to see are companies like Core and Canvas uh, contribute and, and be a part of this. Um, you know, the, the thing is really is that competition, like Rick was saying, and, and like you said, Chris, it's, it's really healthy uh, for a free market. Um, but, but what I'm worried about is that if we don't do it here in the U.S., uh, the Chinese or the Russians will. So we really have to step up our game and make sure that uh, at the end of the day, <laughs> we're the ones with the weapons. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. No, I, I, I agree 110%. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's kind point. of... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like the, you know, the Metasploit, you know, the, the framework. There, you know, it's it's driven by, um, you know, there's some people on staff, but there's also you know volunteers, and um, you know what we're doing is is really creating a place where we can, where more bullets can be added into the gun, you know, so to speak, you know. But the gun is essential, and and I think that you know, folks, for it all to work, both both development has to happen in, in both places, right? The framework needs. Uh, needs maintenance and, and innovation, and the um, just as much as it needs more bullets. Right. So, so with this, with this uh, 
business model or, or you know, with the Exploit Hub, what kind of rules for submission or for, for sales, rather, are you guys kind of setting? Are, are there rules or can anybody just upload whatever they want to the to the site? Yeah, there, so, so there are rules. The, the, the thing that I want to probably address first is um, that there, there aren't, this is not a zero-day uh, site. It's not, um, you know, it's not hacking for fun and profit and kind of freewheeling like that. This is, you know, so the buyers and the folks who are going to be using it are going to be, you know, credentialed, legitimate, um, white hat security professionals. And uh, it's not going to be an anonymous um, download site where anybody can go and, and, and grab something. Right. Uh, we feel that's really important uh, because what we do is, you know, we, the Royal, we, all of us on, on the call here, is highly prone to be misunderstood by the broader public and the you know, legislators who you know, might not understand. Um, so we want to make it really clear that, you know, this is a positive, um, this is a positive thing for the security community. So no, we're erring on the side of caution there. I, I um, couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I know just between the private conversations that we have that, that, you know, you're really vested in trying to drive the community and the ability for the community to provide to the customer. Um, and whether that customer is internal to your own organization or the customer is a consultancy that's working for another organization or just, you know, kind of that information sharing between you know, competition and friends alike. Um, I, I know that you guys are committed to that, and you know, and that's one of the reasons I'm I'm so fervently kind of behind the project. And also, I, I think that you're finally providing an area uh, for some of these researchers that that we all, you know, on this call are all kind of friends with, um, and have known forever that that work their ass off and just don't get paid. And, and they don't get paid, and these people are killing themselves, and they're devoting tons of time to the research that they do, and they're, they're not able to, to gain any of that back. They're not able to get any credit mo monetarily for the work that they do, and, and I think that this really provides a venue for that to happen. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, Chris, um, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, there are a lot of people out there who work really, really hard. Um, they never get any credit. It's a thankless job, and, uh, you know, they're barely making it. They can barely make rent. But yeah. they're out there, and they're trying to make things safer. They're sending emails to Microsoft, Adobe, right? They get nothing in return. They do it because they care. And uh, and I agree, man. These guys need to get paid for their work. They have bills to pay, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, well, you I know, they, they could yeah. be millionaires. If they decided to be shady, they could be just straight-up rich. And I think that people need to recognize that. I mean... You know, just like a doctor could go around and kill people or, you know, a, a sniper could, right? Or, or whatever yeah, else, you know, what other uh, other high-skilled professions that don't get compensated for how much blood, sweat, and tears they really put into it? I, and I, I'm, I'm so glad to finally see a venue for that because you guys provide, just because it's NSS, and, and again, my opinion only, but, but because it's NSS and it's not some shady I don't know who it is website like Wabi Sabi Lobby and they're just randomly eBaying off stuff and you don't know if the code's bugged or worked or whatever else, you guys are providing this kind of stable entity for those people to put their hard work into and actually get, you know, some compensation out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what... Yeah. And case in point, it's it's nine thirty, you know, at night where where Dylan and Brian are, and they're and they're still in the lab, um, you know, have have banging it out, having a good time. And, right. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. hoping to get, get home in time. To feel like that. Yeah, we so, live this, brother. Right. It's our life, man. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I I think you guys deserve all the credit in the world because. Uh, because it's it's really that's that's the that's the the muscle and the blood sweat and tears of our industry is is people who are out there trying to push it forward and and you know I I think not only is that credit deserved I think that you guys also are providing with this same service um, some reliability and you know you you can look at all of the work that everybody's put into you know everything from millworm to woo woo to security focus and beyond and whatever else and all the testers who've gone and triggered and given proof of concept but how many times have people been compromised because all of that code is backdoored 
And and I, I, I truly believe that now you're able to kind of bring some of that innovation and exploitation down to the common person because they don't have to be worried about run this script from Millworm and, oh, man, I just got nailed. But, you know, my client <laughs> got exploited and so did I at the same time. You know, I mean, that's happened forever. And it's, it's you know, yeah. as a security person, I think it's kind of funny because, like, they're just haphazardly running code that they don't know what the hell it does. But, but it happens all the time. And, and I think that it's so cool that, you know, yet again, you guys get to bring some kind of solidarity that says, like, look, it's not going to be code that's going to backdoor your box. This is going to work. And we've QA'd it. And you guys have gone through that type of testing. So, you know, I think that that's yet even another benefit to all of this. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's absolutely what we do for a living, right? I mean, yeah, we're working with exploits and vulnerabilities all, you know, all day long. And so we've got, you know, when we thought about it, we have, we have the perfect setup. Uh, you know, we've got a large lab with, it's about every permutation of uh, OS and application and patch level. Um, well, not everything, but we have we have quite a bit, right? And right. Um, smart guys who put the automation into it, and uh, you know, so it's definitely a big problem. It requires um, you know some leverage. Cool. Well, uh, I mean, at least from from my side, you know, I'm I'm hugely grateful that you guys are taking all of this work that you've done in-house and showing people that you can take some of this really high-end talent that you have and some of the work that you've produced and put it out there for everyone to be able to have access to and not have worry about that competition in the market, not have worry about, oh, we're giving away our secrets, um, but but be able to do it a little more selflessly. And, and I think that that's... You know, big on you, man. I think I th- for to all you guys, I think that's kick ass. Well, yeah, and along the same lines from my side of things, it's it's it's, um, and you guys have kind of alluded to it or, or mentioned it in other ways through through the you know course of this conversation. But uh, you guys actually want to help people instead of just making a buck. I mean, obviously you're a business, you have to make money, but but you've you've come across you've you've come out with a, a business model that not only lets you make money but actually truly helps people. And, and, and from a security standpoint, not just sell them snake oil so you can make a buck and makes them yeah. feel more comfortable and don't that they don't actually get anything. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I actually <clears throat> I wanted to say something to uh, the listeners. Um, over a year ago, I uh, I had I had left my job, left Atlanta, came back here to Austin. I wanted to be close to my son, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know where I was going to work. And the economy was really bad. And I took a chance. I went to DEF CON and I met Vic and Rick and they offered me a job. And it changed my life. Because I, I, these guys came to me and they're like, look, we're on a crusade. We want to make things better. We want to bring change to the industry and we want your help. And, you know, for anybody that's listening that's unemployed, you don't know what you're going to do, but you've got all these skills, right? You've got this talent. Believe in yourself, apply with us, you know, send me your resume, um, you know, send Rick your resume, reach out. If you can, contribute to the hub. Uh, we'll help you get your name out there. We'll make sure that you get credit for all the work that you do. Um, <clears throat> we're not in this for the money. Uh, we're really in this to make things better. Um, and, I, and Chris, just like you, I'm not one of those, those super elite hackers, right? I'm here because I want to make a Bullshit. difference. And if somebody considers someone like me, uh, a hacker, that's fine, whatever. I'm just a guy trying to make a living and, and trying to bring some transparency to the industry because, to be honest with you, I'm tired of these guys fucking lying. They're lying to people. And, you know, most of the labs out there, like you were saying, uh, they have a price. They can be bought, right? People pay them yeah, for the it's, data. It's Gardner. It's the best. Yeah. I was about to say. It's, it's Gardner. It's the best opinion money can buy. NSS. <laughs> well, NSS is Gardner, but truthful, right? Yeah, it's it's Gartner without the without the pay for quadrant aspect. <laughs> I would yeah. have been the upper right. That's five hundred grand. I don't care where I am. Too, Bam, another, lower another left. Too, it's, it's really bad for national security to have a bunch of unemployed pen testers. So uh, <laughs> we need to create a marketplace. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right, man. Well, I, I'm gonna let you guys go. I know it's late where you're at. Is any 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 last words, Mister Rick? Hey, you know, I'm I'm just. I'm honored to uh, that you called us up and wanted to invite us on. And I, 
respected what you guys do for a long time and um, have the people in the know uh, respect your your operation as well and you know I think um, I'm just I'm just honored to be amongst uh, you, know, you guys who are who are so humble I mean this is um, and, I, and I'm really excited about where this is going and I think that the the reception so far has, has been just really positive and you know I, I just hope um, and ask everybody to to help keep that rolling um, because it, it is so important and everybody does need to be involved it's it's not a, a one company thing it's you know it's really a community thing so um, and I just thank everybody who's listened thus far into into our conversation and um, you know if folks have questions want to get involved um, you can email us um, probably the best best way is uh, ex email exploithub at nsslabs.com and um, you know that'll go to a group of us and um, we'll be happy to engage with you all. Cool. And then re- real quick, what's uh, what's on the horizon? When's the release date? When do you think it, it's going to come out? So we're working with a, you know, a smaller group of, um, you know, of developers and, uh, and purchasers uh, initially. Um, still a little bit of work left to do. The, um, you know, the press article that came out with, you know, maybe a bit premature, ideally would have had it ready right away, but uh, you know, we're looking at um, you know later on in October to, to really roll it out in, in a bigger fashion. Cool. So um, this is a great time to get get involved. If there's folks out there who um, you know who want to contribute uh, their exploits or learn more about it, or um, you know, let us know what you're looking for as well. This is one of the the challenges that we have playing a bit of a market maker function in that we're communicating with both the buyers and the sellers. And you know, so there's always the question of well, what's available? Uh, I'm you know, buyers, you know, pen testers are looking for certain code. Um, they can request that. If you don't see something in the store, let us know what you're looking for, and we can put the word out and try and get that developed. Um, yeah. So we actually have a survey um, that we'll we'll make available too uh, to get to get your guys' feedback. So anyone want, who wants to uh, participate in that, you know, go to the go to the website NSS Labs and uh, you'll find it. Cool. Well, awesome. dude, thank you guys so much, and, and I appreciate you taking time out of your evening just to hang out with us and talk, and, and again, uh, I, I can't tell you guys how much I personally respect what you're doing, and and if there's anything we can do to help from now to the future, whatever else, like please let us know and consider us a resource in any way that we can be. Good. Thank you very much, Chris All and right. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys you much, have a good guys. Night. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, later. Bye. Now, it was nice to actually hear a company talk along the same lines that you and I did when we were at Alltech, Dude. which was we're, we're not trying to just sell you shit. We don't actually want to sell you shit. We want to help you. Right. Um. Yeah, and, and you know what? We made money doing it, and sure, we got to eat. Everybody was I mean, happy. If but I can't fucking we eat, I can't come help, help you. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, we we're actually able to help people fix right. shit, not just right. not just go. Oh, you need to go buy. Uh, yeah, you this, don't have to egregiously radware. rate people to help them. Right. <laughs> and that's what most of the companies it is, do. It man. is actually nice being you know vendor neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I I I have nothing to say. That's fucking awesome. No, those guys are great. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out and how long that that goes. Because I actually really like the idea of a location for you exploits. And you know what? I and the reason I actually tied it, to the reason I said iTunes for yeah. for exploits, was because I don't think these things will be terribly expensive. I'm sure there'll be a couple, but since they're not zero day, you're not looking at right a thousand dollars, twenty five thousand dollars for an exploit right. like like the previous attempts at at the zero day like eBay sale type mm-hmm. business things well it's uh, somebody yeah, that probably released it to millworm anyway right. and goes fuck man i can make a couple bucks right. you know like because I put it's clean 50 out because there. everybody knows it's clean yeah i put 50 or 60 out there and maybe i make 50 bucks a shot on each one and people buy 100 or 200 on my 50 or and 60 you and you make really, some cash you write a really good exploit and it's a really easy yeah, and, and well, well get, written. you know yeah you well you charge a dollar a pop but you got a thousand fucking people downloading the goddamn that's thing. what i'm saying well, and you know it's funny because one of the one of the I don't remember which one of the guys it was from NSS, but he mentioned, um, you know, the whole it's it's 
against national security to have unemployed hackers and, yeah. and giving us the, 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 the bullets. Right. Keep giving the bullets to America, but at the same time, um, this type of site not only not only does that, but also kind of makes a level playing field, right? So it kind of you know from a standpoint of information warfare or whatever you want to call it, it it makes more of a. From a, you know, from the America versus whatever country, or from Russia versus Team Lithuania, America. or whoever, it, it kind of gives them that level playing field. It's kind of like uh, a nuclear. Um, it's like the nuclear deterrence. Like, okay, I won't push the button because I know they have one too. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's we're 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 in an electronic cold war, and it hasn't gotten amped up yet, and it hasn't gotten to the point where. Everything is completely batshit haywire, and everybody's posturing. And that's because NATO hasn't finished. But we're with before their whole there. Life. But we're we're in that point right beforehand where the shitty, dirty espionage is going on, where people are all inside of somebody else's stuff. Well, and every country's paying. And every country's tens of doing thousands it. of dollars for zero day that you have not sent to and your you know vendors. Of thousands of dollars. I mean, you, you know. know. Yeah. Microsoft remote exploits, I'm sure, get a fuck ton of money in the black market if you sell yeah. the U.S. government or China or whoever. Well, not, what the, was not that China needs it, because China has the source code of Windows anyway, right? <laughs> they are the source code of Windows, right? <laughs> um, yeah, either that or it's just, you know, China building Apple's QuickTime so that they can put a backdoor in it. Absolutely. Like a punked backdoor. Um, so, you know, it was, it, was, it was funny while we were talking to them. Um, there, there were a couple times where I was, I was glancing at some news articles that popped up. And there was actually one that came up um, on how the Iranian government. Holy, holy. Wow, somebody's calling. Okay. Hello. Hey, you're still hey. on. Hey, man. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, say thanks again. That was that, that rock. That was cool. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it, man. We're still recording, just so you know. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. But we'll call you back so this, in a little bit. So this is the aftertake, right? So, yeah. <laughs> So now, so now you can tell us what you really think. It. Yeah, and we don't edit. Well, I was I was waiting for you to you know you know he said oh it's more it's more like the Howard Stern show I was I was waiting for you to, to ask me to show show you my breasts and sit well, on your lap. We, we were about to I've actually, already seen them. We were I about mean, I, to start talking <laughs> about strippers. I was part of dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for spending your hour of your night with us. <laughs> yeah, man. No, uh, it was it was well worth it. it was it was cool and fun. Right on, cool, brother. Man. Thanks. All right, later. All right, good night. So they're just such good dudes. Wow. No, they are. They're really they nice guys. Really but uh, apparently the Iranian Research Organization for Science and Technology, which is actually part of the Iranian government, runs a public wear server where you can download, like, Photoshop and Office. It's <laughs> <laughs> tight. <laughs> and totally legal because That's of their hot. copyright policy. Because of the government's copyright policy. Big, so big awesome. fan. I love it. So there is a reason not to blow up Iran. Uh, you might hit the where server. I'm all. <laughs> uh, is that what the big green wall was for? <laughs> to protect the where server? <laughs> They're like, fuck, you can get information that you want. It was somebody. It was, it was fucking uh, what the uh, RIAA trying to shut down our where server. Yeah. So we had to put up a firewall against the whole country to make sure those bastards don't sue us. Oh, fucking assholes. <laughs> Fucks. All right. Well, um, you know, we were going to do like tip of the day and voicemail and all that, but I'm kind of done. I'm done too. So uh, I, I have one more, one last thing to say. Let's hear it. Strippers. Yes. <laughs> Later. Bye.